two hours away from the draft. Blake, it's been an interesting, long journey for you. I remember when I first met you, Cotton Ranch, eighth grade, you were playing for your dad, the hooks, right? And I remember, let's see, undersized. Um, the thing I guess that stood out to me the most about you was fundamentally sound, really good swing, but you were little. And then I remember the summer of 20, let's see, it would have been summer of 2019, we needed an extra catcher in Dallas. Um, you decided to come up. And I think the neat thing, uh, I think Ryan Williams caught every game, except for maybe one, right? I caught one game. Yeah. And most parents, as you all know, flip out when they don't play. Your dad was fantastic, didn't say a word. Uh, but you still hadn't even grown yet. And then we fast forward 12 months from that, and you're – Six to 185 pounds. Uh, how did your body feel when you grew into that? Like, did you feel like, okay, I've arrived, or what was that process like? Yeah, I mean, when I was smaller, I knew I always had the fundamentals. Like you said, I the swing was there. You know, everything was there. I just, you know, was undersized. So once that size hit, you know, then it just gave me that confidence mentally that I can go out there and perform with. You know, all those kids were getting college offers and things like that. Uh, one of the neatest things, and I've never seen this happen, uh, that summer, well, two things happened. One, we had an arm go down, Stone Ferris, and you sent me a text message and you said, hey, I threw a bullpen today and it was 88. I texted Corey Van Allen and I'm like, you won't believe what Blake just sent me. And we agreed to like bring you in slow. You come in and throw one inning, and you didn't even throw a ball, which, which I've never seen done. And you sat 88. The other cool thing that I saw, that summer there were three home runs hit. Blake Brown hit one of them. You hit one of them. And Mr. Potato hit. Jaquay Stewart hit three of them. In terms of your physicality and strength, did you – was that something that you felt when you when you hit the growth spurt or just something that you always worked at? Yeah, I mean, once I hit the growth spurt, it definitely helped. But, you know, getting with DST the past two off-seasons made that jump even more. So, you know, grateful for that. If I didn't have them, then I probably wouldn't be in the position right now. As a player and competitor, and this is for you, Kevin, Blake has had one of the best demeanors I've ever seen. And I've seen, <laughs> I've seen you get after him uh, to where he's just had this stoic, nothing shakes him uh, mentality, whether it's good or bad. Has he always been that way, or is that something that you've seen grow as he's continued to play? Yeah, I've seen it grow tremendously. Uh, and, and that was kind of one of my things that I taught was, hey, try to stay on an even kill as much as possible. Um, but I can go back to when he was nine. We were at the World Series in Georgia, uh, Jaquay on the mound. And uh, I think I'm coaching first at the time, and I think he draws, draws a walk or gets to hit something, but he's on first, right? And I said, hey, if we go up here, you're coming in. And I said, because Jaquay says his arms hurt. And he turns and looks at me. 
he starts tearing up. He's like, no. And I'm like, so? Blake Mitchell cried. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, and I'm like, I'm like, no. I was like, hey, who cares, right? And so we ended up going up 6-3, and he came in and just dotted eyes and got three outs and boom, won the World Series. And ever since then, it's been like, I can do it. And ever, ever since then, nothing phased him. I, I, would, I would throw him in every pressure situation I possibly could. Right. Uh, for one, I didn't want to hear anything from a parent coming back to me saying, why'd you put my kid in that situation? So I'll just right. put my own. And in the long run, it helped him tremendously. No doubt. I'm going to go to a moment where you failed, Blake. 16U summer. We go to the Pudge Rodriguez, and you're like 18 for 29 offensive MVP and for me it's one of the best hitting performances I've, I've ever seen especially the clutch hits you got that week I think internally and I didn't know this at the time one of your biggest goals was to make Team USA at some point in your, in your youth career so we get to Carolina you catch your butt off uh, actually Game one, we actually let you just hit because you were going to start against the Canes. You're unreal against the Canes, rain delay. We have the toughest pool uh, in North Carolina. And I remember after we lost the top tier, the USA guys handed me a piece of paper and it said P.O. by your name. What was that feeling like for you? I feel like that's kind of like what made it like made me who I am today, you know, they just like flipped that switch, like, you know, I'm not gonna give them a choice next time to put PO next to my name. That, that, now I can attest to this, this was the first time I saw you mad. Um, or with some emotion, I mean. Uh, and then I talked to your dad maybe an hour after it and you could hear it in his voice. Kevin, what was that like for you, for to get the phone call, like, dad, they said I'm a PO. Kind of slap in the face, right? <laughs> You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, because he works his butt off. He does. And, you know, I mean, I'll do everything he wants to. I mean, if it's hitting whatever, 2 o'clock in the morning, we're going to do it. But for him to do that and then, and, and then as a father, be like, oh, my gosh. Right. You know, it's just, it was just a huge letdown. But in the long run, it turned out to be great. It did. So we go to – I remember leaving USA talking to one of the coaches, and I said, hey – I know he didn't hit well this week, but I was, you know, I, I tried to get, show him what you did at, at the Pudge. When did you get the call for them to say, hey, you're coming to the trials and playing with Tamar Johnson, Elijah Green? Yeah, so I just, I remember after that, like the paper, because it was like the little tryout. That's what they right. gave the paper for. And then I went to the tryout and I shagged balls since I was a PO while I watched <laughs> everybody else hit BP. So. After it was over, you had like sign the paper and put if you're going to be available to go to NTDP or not. I put no on the paper. No way. I put no because I didn't want to go because I made upper class area code and underclass, so I was going to do both. Okay. And so I put no on the paper and then still ended up inviting me. Um, I called Joe and I was like, make sure it's not as a PO, make sure it's, I'm right. going to be able to hit. Right. So they said I'm going to hit and then so I was like, all right, I'll go. Went to NTDP. Uh, Performed well, you know, it was the first time actually seeing like Velo over yeah. and over and over. Yeah. So getting that under the belt and then getting the invite to the trials, you know, I went into there and I was like, 
you know, I'm not trying to make the team. Like, I just want, I'm here for the experience. Right. You know, I wasn't expected to make the team just because, you know, that year was so stacked. Right. A lot of top heavy guys in that class. So I just want to go have fun and then perform well there and end up making the team. So as a competitor, when you get to the PDP, were you just like, I'm going to soak it in or watch this, I belong? Yeah, so making it an underclass and then getting PDP, when I got the invite, you know, I had like an interview with Harold Reynolds and everybody's <laughs> expecting me to be all excited. And I was like, you know, I expected that. Like, right. you know, it wasn't a shock to me. So, um, you know, I was just going in there trying to play good baseball. You know, I knew there was going to be a lot of eyes on me. So yeah. I just wanted to go perform and show, you know, why I made it the year before. Now, this is <clears throat> crazy for me because I've, I've been doing this a long time, but I've never seen a guy make it two years in a row, especially being an underclass guy. What was it like in terms of the, the two seasons, your first year versus your second year? What was the difference in the two? So the first year, it was just a friendship series with Canada. So we're not playing all the other countries like we did last year. Um, so it's definitely a lot different. Like underclass, it was way more chill. We just, same thing every day, you know, wake up, eat breakfast, hit BP and then play the game. So it was relaxed, just having fun playing baseball. And then coming around the next year, um, you know, it was it was all in. Like we had one goal in mind is going to gold medal. Um, so scouting reports and everything went in that year. Which really? the, yeah, the year before it was just yeah, it was just sit back and play baseball. Right. So, you know, definitely a big difference between the two years. In terms of players, you're around Tamar Johnson every day, Elijah Green. Drew Jones? He was there. Jackson Holiday. Yeah. Jackson Holiday. What's the difference between those guys and Max Clark, Kendall George? Was there a difference in athletic ability or I mean they're much? they're definitely all there at the top of the class, you know. They all those guys have one mindset, they want to be the best player they can. So, you know, once players figure that out, then you know, I feel like it's hard to stop them. Speaking of your former teammate. Tell me what that moment was like when you heard Kendall's name being called for Team USA. Yeah, it just it put a huge smile on my face, you know. And we got to we walked out of the room, went to like this parking lot. Yeah. We're out there hugging on each pretty, other, and they, pretty they cool got a moment, picture of us. So you know, pretty, very yeah. cool moment. So we go to the, your second year in Team USA. I don't think many people know your journey from last summer. I don't think it's ever been done either. Um, and I respect the fact that you went and played in everything. Some guys get advised to hide or not do stuff. Um, let's talk about your summer real quick. Okay, so you, you win state at Sentinel. You have a couple of days, you're on a plane to North Carolina with us. You win gold there, you get on another plane, you go to West Palm Beach. We lose in the semifinal. You're on a plane back to the PDP, PG National, Chavez Ravine for the All-American game, right? Um, East Coast Pro. Then you go area code, San Diego, Under Armour game, Kansas City, and then the Team USA. How tired were you? I mean, we left, so we won state, you right. know. Great opportunity, glad we got to do that. Yeah. And then sat at home the next day. The next day after that, we drove to Houston because Clay was playing in a tournament. 
So I drove okay. I drove up to Houston with them, flew straight from Houston, North Carolina. So I had a one day break pretty much. <laughs> and but you know, I wasn't trying to hide from any of those scouts that were out there. Like I just wanted to go there, have fun and play baseball, you know. If I succeed at one event, then I didn't want to hide for the next one. Right. It's like I'm just gonna keep proving myself and just go play good baseball. It, it was unreal that you did all of it. Kevin, how tired were you from this? Summer? You know. Or was it just fun? And it was just fun. I mean, you know, because you're you're there to support your son, but then you're also seeing great baseball. You know, so I mean, it, you know, you, you know, you're seeing the top talent in in America, right? And your son's part of this. So I mean, it just put a big smile on my face. Yes. How how many days did you spend at home in Sentinel last summer? I think it was a combined like two weeks the entire summer. So it was like day here, and then I'd be gone for a week, and the day here, and be gone. Now, when you get to Team USA, it's late in the summer. You got to miss school. In terms of fatigue, how fatigued were you? Definitely at USA was when I started to feel it. Like I feel like I was fine the entire summer before, but once USA came around, I was like, oh, it's starting to catch up to me. Like I, I need a break. So you know. After that, I didn't go to Jupiter or anything like yeah. that. I just I shut it down. <laughs> I, I remember me and uh, Corey Van Allen talking, and I remember shooting a text to Kendall George and you, and I was just like, nah, on Jupiter. Just, there's just too much. And, and you guys had nothing to prove. Uh, I want to switch gears on you, Blake, to when you committed. I remember the freshman summer. It was the COVID summer. Huh. Obviously, our, our, the team we, we had, we made a bunch of noise and went undefeated. How many schools did you talk to in your recruiting process? I talked to multiple, but only seven offered. So I had seven offers when I committed, but I probably talked to over 30 schools. Unreal. That's another one. Of, I, <laughs> that might be a record. Uh, so how many visits did you take? Uh, the seven offers I had, I took visits to all those places. Really? See, I only knew of that you went to Arkansas and, and LSU. Yeah, no, nah, so we drove and we had the, uh, the tournament in Oklahoma. Yeah. We drove through, we stopped at UT, we stopped at A&M, stopped okay, at so Baylor, stopped at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So, but it was just, yeah, it was just all okay. on our own. Like we couldn't have the coaches there or anything because right. COVID. So, you know, walk in, see a few things and then we're out to the next one. What? What sold you on LSU? I wanted to win. You know, I knew when I was going to be there, they were going to win. They have a winning tradition. So, you know, I was going to play my best baseball there at LSU. Now that your high school career is over and there's a possibility you may not make it to campus, do you have any mixed feelings about not being able to go through college or has your dream always been to go play professional baseball yeah I mean I've got one goal in mind I want to go play pro ball you know so if I get that opportunity then you know, I gladly take it so it's been my dream since I've been a little kid Kevin this question is for you when did you know that Blake had something special I saw glimpses of it whenever he was young you know but but really whenever I was like okay something something starting to brew here is when he grew Yes. Yeah, and I was like, holy smokes. You know, the swing started to, to get stronger and more powerful. And, and then it was, on the bump was 
probably when I saw it on the bump was at USA at uh, when he was uh, for that for that underage at uh, NTDP. Yeah, at, at NTDP it was it was '96. Right. And I was like, holy smokes. Right. Yeah. I was a and, sophomore at that time. Yeah, and that was after he caught, and then went in there and threw that last inning. The 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 crazy thing that I'll say in terms of you, Blake, is I don't think you've really had a pitching lesson. You're just an accurate thrower and just that gifted. And then to be able to go in and hone it in against hitters is unreal in itself. Kevin, what is your feeling when he pitches versus when he's catching? I love to see him behind the plate. Because it, it's it, it's very special behind there, but you know it's also fun to get up there and dice up hitters. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. uh, but I mean that that's what's good about going into this draft. I mean it, it's it's a win-win. Yeah, it is a win-win. It probably, in, in my opinion, and I'm I'm being biased, but I feel like you're you're the safest pick because if it were to go south, you get on the mound and probably go 97 to 100 or 101 yeah. if if you wanted to. Kevin, what's been the hardest part for you in this entire process from his youth days to where you're basically kind of a nobody because you're just playing as a kid to being the number one player in Texas to being the national Gatorade player of the year? How hard has that been? What's been the hardest part for you? I don't think there's really been a hard part, you know, because We've just taken it all in. We've we really enjoyed it, you know, because it only happens one time. Right. Uh, we've you know taken every call we possibly can with scouts and let them in our homes and you know. So yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I can't say anything bad about it. What What's been the most tiring process of this entire deal? I mean, I've enjoyed it all. Enjoyed the the whole roller coaster where it's a phone call every day, or you know, they don't talk to you for months. So right. you know different times you know when you're younger it's it's a lot different so you know but you know once like you're talking once you get to that that stature of like number one in the in texas and back-to-back right. -back gatorade player of the year you know people start to take notice and in, in public so you know that's yeah. when the jealousy kind of rolls around so it they does. have a different mindset so it, I, it, I say that's probably the toughest thing is them you know having that hate or that jealousy i will say this just because i've seen it with my own two eyes the attention can sometimes change a youth player. I remember, and I don't know if you remember this, after the Canes game that we lost in North Carolina, I called up everybody who made the area code team. And I had one message for y'all, which was, do not play this game for clout. I feel like you never changed who you were. And I think that's a big testament probably to mom and dad, keeping you grounded. Um, Kevin, you've certainly never given him a pass on anything. It's it's been some direct truth, which is what I, which is what I think is part of one of his best attributes is that you can tell you the truth and you just go, okay, watch this, and you respond. Um, guys, I appreciate you having me. Um, we're about an hour and twenty minutes out. Blake, I hope we got some good news. It's been a pleasure coaching you. Kevin, thank you. Showtime. Absolutely.